0: Welcome to the Salty Hair Self Care Conversations. Join me, Claire Fole, as I chat with thought leaders, wisdom leaders, and self care believers as we explore what taking care of ourselves looks like. Welcome to this week's Salty Hair Self Care Conversation. This week, I am talking to Meg Berryman, and I love how this conversation came to be. I posted on Instagram, Meg commented and from there this conversation flowed and what I love about that is just the way that self-care and the way that I'm being shown how self-care can be in our lives um, is constantly surprising me um and yet when I can trust uh, where I'm being guided to go, when I can trust the crumbs that are being put there by the universe, and then amazing conversations happen. And this is definitely one of those. Today, we're talking about tummies and reclaiming tummies. And if you'd said to me a few months ago that that could be a source of self-care, I would have been curious.
1: But not really understood
0: how that was possible. And to be honest, even as we started the conversation, I wasn't sure where we would go. Um, And again, that trust, just that it would unfold and go exactly where it needed to. And I think it does just that. Meg brings a lot of truth. She cha- shares so openly about her experience of birth, of prolapse, and then that we explore so much of, of what our tummy means. And I think it's in a very literal sense, our stomach and our tummy. And it also becomes kind of a metaphor or an example of something far bigger of societal pressures, of societal expectations Um, and how, uh, how unrealistic these expectations and pressures can be and how we can be left feeling so inadequate
1: and, yeah, I love how Meg describes the The moment that she let all of that go,
0: that it felt like a homecoming, that as she let her back have sway and let her stomach come out,
1: that this felt like a homecoming
0: in her body and in her soul. And so... That really, to me, is self-care. It's that connection with ourselves, which does feel like a homecoming, a belonging. Um, So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you, not only because I think it really explores beautiful ideas, I think it also leads us to bring this to awareness, to ask ourselves questions like, how do I feel about my tummy? Do I judge my tummy? Do I judge other people's tummies? And not to feel any sense of guilt or shame, but to have that awareness. And if yes is the answer, then we sit with that and we can tap, we can forgive, we can journal, um, we can release that. So if that's something that comes up for you, I um, have over on my website, saltyhairselfcare.com, a beautiful process for forgiveness and letting go. It's a free resource. But if you, at the end of this conversation, feel like what next, that might be something that you want to jump over and have a look at. And I think the other beautiful action that we can take to keep rippling this conversation this awareness is to have this conversation as Meg says she recently had a conversation with other women tummy in your undies or out of your undies and you know that just it starts to normalize it it starts to say yeah I have a tummy and what do I do with it and not to make it unspoken or a sense of shame but, as Brene Brown always reminds us, to be vulnerable about that um, and to just speak it and
1: to to create that space that we talk so much about in this
0: conversation for all that that makes possible. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope that you can bring some awareness um, either to your tummy or just to that wider conversation. Like I said, there's a kind of a metaphorical um, level of conversation happening here too. Um, And I think it's so interesting as we talk about our tummies, the final thing that springs to mind for me is that when we're pregnant, our bellies become a source of common property, almost, don't they? So many times people would come up to me and say, oh, you're having just one, you must be due any day, you're huge. Things that would never at any other time be a socially acceptable thing to say to someone and yet our tummy does become a source of comment and. So I think that's just an interesting um, awareness to hold there, and and does it stop being a source of of conversation? Um, and is it anyone else's business? And no, I think is the uh, answer to that one. So join us for this conversation, which weaves and which explores um, the self care. Of embracing your tummy. Welcome to this Salty Hair Self-Care Conversation. Today I welcome Meg Berryman and I'm going to introduce you to her in just a moment. Uh, but first I wanted to invite you Meg and everyone who is listening to join me in taking three breaths together to open up this space and this conversation. So maybe you want to shut your eyes or lower your gaze We'll just take that first
1: big breath in through our nose and let that go out through our mouth. Take a big breath in through our nose and let that go out through our mouth. Take a big deep breath in through our nose and out. And as we open this space, we honour the traditional custodians of the lands where each of us sits, and to feel into those who were here a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, fifty thousand years ago, and since time began. And I would like to acknowledge.
0: The traditional custodians, to recognise and respect their cultural heritage, beliefs and relationship with this land since time began. I pay my respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as the first people of Australia. They have never ceded sovereignty
1: and remain strong in their enduring connection to land, waters and culture.
0: I support the Uluru Statement from the Heart. As we get started, I also set the intention that our conversation will be for us speaking and for us listening, a source of joy, of soul connection and of nourishment for us. So
2: welcome Meg. Thank you. That's such a beautiful way to start a podcast. Thank you. I'm now very much in my body and yeah, really excited about what's going to come through today.
0: Beautiful. Let me introduce you um, to everyone listening um, if they haven't already come across your beautiful, wise, expansive work in the world. Um, So Meg is a mother, a feminist, a coach, a facilitator and a yoga teacher who helps women liberate themselves from socially prescribed ideals to step into sacred social leadership. She believes that Burnout, relationship breakdowns and career crisis are portals into deep individual and planetary healing that centres healthy relating, holistic wellness and earth stewardship. And Meg brings together more than 10 years of work in the around social change, her master's degrees in gender and public health and experience as a yoga teacher, coach and leadership facilitator to create incredible learning experiences for women seeking radical well-being deep connection and an unshakable sense of purpose and make you a mother of two girls and you live learn and work on the jaja Warum country in central victoria so welcome thank you thank you now a couple of weeks ago i posted on instagram and it was photo of my silhouette and the caption was I'm not pregnant because often um, I get asked if I am pregnant and I went on to just share that it's taken years to come to a place of accepting and loving my body and not being upset every time that I'm asked that and you came back and commented your words were I love this Claire I liberated my belly this year after being diagnosed with a prolapse and learning how the way we are conditioning women to move and hold ourselves contributes. I could literally talk about my belly all day long. I love how my back has a curve and I can wear different types of clothes. So this conversation was born. Um, So Meg, could you share a bit of your story with us, what it means to liberate your belly and, and what this has meant for you?
2: Sure. So I think as a, as a context for this conversation about what I'm going to share is that I love your approach to self-care, Claire, and I love how you talk about it, because I think your framing around self-care as an act of rebellion is really aligned with um, is a train going past? I live right on a train line. Uh, is really aligned with my own view of self care um, and how we show up for both ourselves, each other, and the earth as well. And so, when I saw your post, it had come on the back of quite a journey this year around my own belly, and um, I really see how we relate to our belly as such, again, a portal into how we relate to women, to womanhood, how we relate to mothers, how we relate to each other as women and then also how we relate to the earth and and hopefully we'll go into each of those layers. But basically starting from this year. So I had my second daughter nearly a year ago, exactly. And, um, she was induced, um, at 39 weeks. And so during the birth was, it was really intense. I'd had a beautiful water birth with my first, and then this, um, kind of medicalized birth with my second, no judgment there at all. Just like there were, they were different. Um, and straight after the birth, I felt like something had shifted. Um, and I didn't know how to describe it. And I was trying to tell the midwives that like, I was in a lot of pain and there was stuff that just felt different. And, um, I was told as we are, like, everything's fine There's a little tear and stitch you up. And, um, and then it's all about the baby, right? And so while we're obsessively weighing babies, <laughs> talking about our baby's weight, um, our vaginas and our pelvic organs is not something that comes up in conversation unless you've got a great GP. And so um, it took me 10 months <laughs> to figure out. And thank goodness I had a friend who had been diagnosed quite early that I had pelvic organ prolapse. And Um, For those who don't know what that is, it's basically just a shifting of the pelvic organs um, and a thinning of the vaginal wall so that the um, one or more of the pelvic organs, so that your uterus, your bladder or your rectum are applying pressure to the inside of your, um, uh, to the vaginal wall. So they're not falling into your vagina or like, there's lots of misconceptions around it, but basically the way that I was experiencing it was just um, pressure. Yeah, and so I straight away after receiving the diagnosis went into the internalized voice of the patriarchy, which is the voice of "I did something wrong, something's wrong with me. This is catastrophic. This is the end of everything." And um, and started googling, (laughs) as you do, and the googling kind of reinforced my worst fears. But not only that, I realized that in trying to figure out what was happening, I had no reference point for what this area of my body was supposed to look and feel like. I was looking at these, Claire, like I was looking at these anatomical diagrams on Google, being like, how does this relate? Like where are the actual pictures, the actual talking about where is this represented anywhere? And it's just so telling, right, that like this area of which we should hold most sacred and which we should be so deeply connected with. I was in this situation after so many years of embodiment practice, so many years of like jade egg and all this stuff. I was in this situation with no information and like, what the fuck is going on? Excuse my language. And so I really quickly, thank goodness for all of the scaffolding started to look for a different perspective and thank goodness I found it. And I found a woman By the name of Christine Kent and she had done significant amounts of research on the pelvis and her whole theory is basically that I'm getting to the belly it's coming (laughs) is that is that prolapse is um, a postural condition and that childbirth and menopause can create um, preconditions for prolapse to be magnified but then in fact it's a postural condition and whereas women have been taught in our culture including by the mainstream medical professional and fitness professionals Mm -hmm. to pull the belly in and tuck the tailbone under that in fact that creates the perfect conditions for prolapse because a woman's natural curvature according to the laws of nature which she's actually studied and um proven is supposed to be that our diaphragm leads right not our um breasts which is which is how the male gaze would see us so that our midriff is actually really um kind of poking out and then our belly is soft And that we have a beautiful curve in the lower spine. And so I was like stumbling upon a secret, you know, it's like stumbling upon this wisdom that I knew in my whole body was correct. And I knew according to all the different cultures I've lived and worked in, I, I had seen that posture in women carrying loads far beyond what we're able to carry in the West and I knew I recognized it and so when I saw myself holding the new posture in the mirror two things happened number one I could breathe like I could actually fully expand my diaphragm and number two I had my belly was out like my belly was liberated my postpartum belly which is still there 12 months after And now I'm a size 16, and I'm like, this is my body now. And I don't know where that will be this forever, but right now, this is it, and that's okay. And so to see my belly, but then to see this curve in my lower spine, I almost wept with like a recognition of this is how we're supposed to hold ourselves and like get emotional talking about the real grief of understanding how I tried to hide my belly to fit a lens that had been prescribed to me by men <laughs> and how I'd never fit into that and all the ways I tried to fit into that by wearing bathers under my dresses and um, and like, look, you know, when you stand in the mirror and you're holding your flesh and trying to make it like go away and just all of that grief came flooding back and it's kind of been this journey this year of, Now learning, like I've always worn tight, skinny jeans, learning um, what I need to dress and what feels good and how to sit and move and hold myself in a way that doesn't aggravate my symptoms, but more importantly, that just feels like me. Mm -hmm. And it's been like a homecoming, I think, is the only way to describe it.
0: Yes. Thank you, Meg, for putting... All of that into words, and for just sharing all of that, and as you're speaking, I I feel really emotional. Um, so much of that is new to me. It, it's me hearing it for the first time as we record this, and I kind of feel like my breath's being taken
1: away. And uh, like you said, in recognition with that grief and. Oh, yeah,
0: I really, really um, feel you, and, and I'm so grateful to you for sharing that. And and like you said, that it it's it feels like just another portal, another metaphor for the way that we are told told by them, they this kind of out there societal pressure. To be one way when that actually is just not how we're meant to be and that homecoming and that wholeness as we let go of that
1: pressure and come back into ourselves
2: mm. I had this moment even this week Or like it's it it's not to say that like I'm there and No, it's because it's constantly still coming up against that voice that's looking at this body saying this body is wrong. However, I had this reclamation of like a conversation with some other mums around belly in or belly out of the undies Mm -hmm. and like this this real conversation around for most of us, we don't have washboard abs, (laughs) you know, and there is this real conundrum of like, So where does this little pouch go? And just little things like that. I really believe the starting point sometimes of changing our internal language is changing how we relate to others about this stuff. And so that's why I'm so grateful to be having this conversation with you because I am like so happy to have zero filter and share all of the gory details because I think that it's truly in service of what we're trying to move culture toward. Yes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And, and that you said it before, it's an act of rebellion to say letting my tummy be in its natural form. How amazing that that can be a, sin, a,
1: a an act of self-care, of activism, of rebellion. You know, it, it, that is how simple and how powerful and possible that this, that can all be.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's an act of education too. Okay. You know, I saw Sarah Jenks talking about it recently, about her belly and saying, like, why is it in our conditioning that we only see women as pregnant or not pregnant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like they're the only two, that's the diet, the binary. And I just think, goodness, like re inhabiting the grey areas and the in betweens and the becomings and the, um, and not having to label things. It's just like, why does it matter if someone is pregnant or not? Like, why does that? Why is that identity piece so important? Like, why? Why do we need to label and categorize people? And it's actually been something on my mind. I don't know whether. I'm just going to take it off on this tangent, so apologies in advance if you want to bring it back in. Just in terms of how we relate to each other and really seeing myself over the past few years um, and this year being a really big year in terms of making relationships with women such as yourself that are totally built on mutual love and respect and support as opposed to needing to put people in a hierarchy and needing to constantly the prescribed value to someone according to what they do whether they're pregnant or not like quantifying their value so that we feel better than or less than is like such the conditioning of patriarchy right and so I feel like this conversation around self-care also massively extends to our relationship and how we By re-inhabiting and re-loving these areas of ourselves, it gives us portals to reconnect with other women who have bellies who we haven't probably previously been able to because we've been judging them, aka judging ourselves.
0: Yes, yes, and I think it's it's that judging. And as you're speaking, it's it's kind of an attempt to control and to label and to order our world in saying tummy equals pregnant. And like you said, I had written down that as well, that binary of pregnant, not pregnant, tummy good or tummy bad. Mm. And to take that away and to to say the paradox is she's got a tummy and she's not pregnant. Wow. Can Can I deal with the complexity of that? What else is possible? And it takes away the control, but it also... It's that same kind of expansiveness of like when you do not suck in your tummy, just like what else is possible in that space? And, and like you, you said, that if I can allow that for myself, that then ripples
1: out to the women around me
2: and mm-hmm. how we
1: can interact
0: with each other.
2: And that is, you know, really the basis of what I teach and everything is connecting our deeper internal well, wellness and empowerment work with the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing a lot of in the world right now is um, powerlessness and um, helplessness and damsels in distress, which are understandable because uh, lots of years of conditioning and stuff. But what I'm really interested in is activating everyone into social leadership through the portal of like these big catastrophic or field catastrophic things in our lives. And the empowerment work that we do in that moment is such um, a powerful, potent medicine that we can then inhabit and embody in the world. And through that pathway, in addition to the flow on effects of like all the creative energy that's freed up from, not hating on ourselves all the time, which creates action. I think these two forms of leadership, both the energetic and the actual kind of action, is um, yeah. Like I'm, I'm really interested in training this new type of activist that's gone to the depths within herself to decolonize that thinking and to reclaim the fact that she is she she is her in all the imperfections and perfections of that and what you said before about that you don't get triggered anymore like that is so powerful because when you don't get triggered that's created a shift in the matrix (laughs) you know like that's created an interruption in the pattern and suddenly the other person has to then go away and do their work on why did I feel the need to tell that person that she looked pregnant? Yes. What do I have around my belly? And I'm, I don't know. I'm just curious. I know you're interviewing me, but I just like these things to be conversations. Like, how did, how did you get there with your belly? Like what's been your process?
0: That is, it's a great question. And you know, it's not even one that I've probably reflected on um, with consciousness. Um, but I, what I, what springs to mind was like, this is before I had kids, people would stand up for the bus on the bus for me because I thought I was pregnant, like pre-pregnancy and, and it will like on a, some weeks it will be a few times a week. I'll be asked when are you, do you, know, like it's a, it's a thing. Um, and then in August this year, I was like, enough. And, and I would always say something like, oh, no, no, no. I've got three babies. Had it, you know, just that, you know, I would try and accommodate the other person um, and try and make them not feel uncomfortable because I was so embarrassed that they thought I was pregnant um, and didn't want them to feel embarrassed about that. And in August, I, I don't know why, but I had this moment of enough. I will take
1: care of myself the next time that I am, that someone says it to me.
0: And so a woman who i just met, but I it was kind of um, a deep meeting and she happened to say, oh, you're having another baby? Or, and I just could say, no, I've got three girls, but no, I'm not pregnant. And, it was, and she just was like, okay, cool. But it was such a safe space and moment to practise not making someone else feel
1: comfortable at the expense of myself. And so that, and and it's interesting that it hasn't
0: stopped completely, but it definitely has lessened the number of times people have said it to me since then. So
1: I think for me that was one of the big lessons in it. and. Um,
0: yeah that that's kind of what comes to me as you ask me that question
2: it's so beautiful because for the listeners like I can see Claire's (laughs) face and when you were doing the no it was like so clear like such a crystal clear no and I think what Kate was coming through this morning before this call was this whole conversation about how we're faced with a choice the choice is to belong and accommodate as women and girls and or to stand up for ourselves and it's like what we're doing by accommodating others or being the on the receiving end of these microaggressions is that we're really punishing ourselves which so many of us already have that internal punitive voice because we were raised that way. And what we're choosing to do is to take the wound rather than wound the other person. And it's like, I don't want my girls growing up with that, you know? And it makes me really emotional think about if I can teach them one thing and that is to stand up for themselves. And sometimes that means being able to cause discomfort in someone else but that that's not a bad thing right that that actually discomfort and courageous conversations and all of that can be learning but it's not worth our own like sacrificing our own needs anymore or our own um sense of self
0: absolutely And how beautiful is that as, you know, I talk about self-care as a devotion to yourself, of choosing yourself before someone else.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And so, oh, the emotion rises up as I say that, that it is an an act of self-care, like you said, in that moment to say, I will choose myself. I will be devoted to my truth over your comfort.
1: In this interaction, Mm -hmm. that's really, really profound. Yeah, I feel all the feelings when you say that. I
0: think something else that, as I was reflecting in the lead up to today, and you kind of touched on it a bit before, was I feel like our tummies are. Again, that portal, that metaphor that summing up so beautifully are so many of the the paradoxes
1: and the mixed messages and really the impossibility of being a woman at the moment of your
0: where you know the role of mother, but then of perfect body, but then of don't stress about food have a positive body image, but it's selfish to take time for yourself, of,
1: of, of being modest but look great right in a bikini. It, it, it's so many things and
0: that, yeah, the tummy just seems to, it will be what it will be. Uh, no amount of pressure is going to make it be anything else.
2: hmm Yeah. I love that. And just actually expanding that awareness of the tummy in a metaphorical sense, but also like a biological sense, two things that came through, like one, when I was, went through my own burnout experience, um, slash breakthrough, however you want to frame it. And my gut really being the, (laughs) the place in which I felt the effects of that first, felt the effects of stress first. Um, Like it is, it does have this profound role, like far beyond just what it looks like that we're not, we haven't even touched on yet. And the second part of that, which I'm kind of processing as we're talking is this year has been a really big year for me in terms of learning Um, another layer, because I think I'd done lots of scaffolding, another layer of taking time to process and digest my experiences throughout the day so that they're not building up and creating kind of these pressure cooker moments, you know, with my kids or whatever. And how important that is for, for myself, like as a highly sensitive person, but also just as a woman who, whilst you're going through motherhood you're also processing your whole childhood and also trying to process your present day experience mm-hmm. and if we don't have space to digest like i think about a lot of the stuff and crises health crises i've had in my life have all been that i didn't have the tools to like stop and put my hand on my chest mm-hmm. and feel what i'm feeling and digest it or process it or uh, my coach Nikki Silvestri calls it composting like inner composting if we don't take those moments and we don't learn a skill set that is around experiencing painful emotion and recognizing there's a whole conversation about trauma in here then we will and then you've got the outside kind of process telling you to suck it in Mm -hmm. like you imagine what that's doing to our systems but you don't even have to imagine because we know right so you've got this holding this um controlling and this unwillingness to allow ourselves to be fully in the experience of what's happening and as i'm talking i'm moving my shoulders because the effects of that go so much far beyond the physical body do you know what i'm do you know what i'm talking about that feeling
0: absolutely Absolutely. I I love that that idea of digesting and, you know, that idea of, of when we, like it's like fasting to give space, not to just keep heaping on top of what's already in our gut, but to let that
1: clear in order to be able to
0: keep processing, keep going in a healthy way.
2: Well, and to reap the wisdom and the medicine from it, you know, which is the thing that, when we take time to process something, we alchemize it into power and becomes the medicine. And so, when you think back to the start of the conversation, when I was talking about the diaphragm and actually lengthening the place between your pubic bone and your chest, so you're almost like creating a, a um, like a what is it, a seahorse shape on the front. Well, actually like space in our digestive system is great, like you said, fasting, but also just physical space (laughs) to allow your digestive organs to do what they need to do. And if you think about this concept of space and you talk about it a lot, being like the secret source to everything, you take that to a collective level, then we have a really vastly different world than if we're compressed and constricted and shut down. Of course, we consume less mindfully. Like, of course, we do damage to others. Of course, we do damage to the planet when that is the way in which we're inhabiting nature, which is our bodies. Of course. right. And so this idea of spaciousness, I just can't emphasise it enough and to get that spaciousness, there needs to be courageous conversations and there needs to be boundaries.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Meg, for reflecting that and that in creating that spaciousness physically within ourselves. just the ripple effect that that has out and like he, well,
1: we started from at that for ourselves for each other, for the earth. from that simple
0: act of, of breathing fully down into our diaphragm. How amazing is that?
2: So amazing. But then, you know, it goes back to this thing of like it's enough just to breathe, you know, like I think we're heaping on all this judgment and shame around like I should be doing more out there, I should be well If you've got kids, if you're doing your own inner healing, if you're embarking on um, a pathway through burnout, which I'm going to be talking a lot about next year, any of those things, like just meeting what's coming up in your experience and if that is a deeply painful trigger around someone looking at your belly (laughs) or you looking at other people's valleys, like working there, then that is, that is change. That is cult changing culture. But the thing that we need to get really accustomed to is that number one, we're not going to see the results in our lifetime. So there's a big leap of faith to be had and a trust and, and a really strong intention to live your life in a way that is, um, congruent. And then there's this thing around like, and we don't need to quantify my contribution versus someone else's contribution versus you know like again we don't we've been taught to compare ourselves but actually we're all so really different we're all weaving our own magic we're all meeting our own experiences and alchemizing them and healing them creating like changes in culture so there is no comparison needed and in letting go of that so much energy is freed up to actually do the work of calling this shit out like once and for all (laughs) absolutely
0: and and as you were speaking before and it's just come back to me as you're saying that that it reminds me it kind of feels like this before when you were talking about the the waiting for the the prince charming to come and save us it feels like we get there's this choice if we want that you know everyone's like oh i so so we can be like I want to wear a bikini to the beach this year so I'm going to go and pay money and I'm going to get this person to get me beach ready or I can go and put on a bikini today
2: (laughs) yes it's like and so what's the inner work required to go and put on that bikini today you know and when you were talking I got this really strong again the 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 choice Mm. of do I choose my lens and the gaze? And then if anyone else has a different gaze, that won't affect me. Or do I try and fit into a gaze, which is, as you say, like literally impossible to reach, like that we'll never, I don't know anyone that that is happy, like even with all the work and all the stuff, like in their bodies, because the gaze is, um has been built to disempower.
0: Yeah, and constantly shift and
2: mm-hmm, totally. All of that.
0: I I wanted to jump back as well. Something that as you started your story, which I think really stood out to me, was as you gave birth, you had this sense of something's shifted, something's
1: different, and yet that wasn't enough, That there's those voices outside of us that say, don't, don't listen to that. Don't trust that. We'll tell
0: you what's good for you. We'll tell you how things are. Mm -hmm. And I, I just wanted to kind of come back to that because like you said, you're, you're someone who's, who's been doing the work and, and if it can
1: happen to you, it happens to all of us, right. That, Yeah, just how that that shifts things, and and we're told that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's. I'm so glad that you brought it back because I'm in a bit of an avoidance (laughs) pattern right now because I know I need to do some processing around the birth, and it's coming up to a year, and so, and I'm a verbal processor, so this is perfect. So thank you, universe, and thank you, you, for asking that. Um, Actually, the whole I manifested that birth, I think. I don't like to use that word. I um I think my soul needed that birth to heal something. And that whole experience was and I and I'm like so grateful for it in so many ways because I have a healthy child, you know, and I and I like our system. I've worked in maternal and child health systems all over the world and Trust me when I say like it is such a privilege to live in this country and to walk out of a hospital with your baby and pay nothing and for everyone to be well. Like it's a really amazing privilege. And at the same time, because it's nuanced, I gave my power away in that situation and I knew exactly what I was doing because I couldn't hold the discomfort anymore. I I couldn't hold that whole pregnancy was, was that battle of not wanting to digest my experience or meet fears or actually acknowledge a whole story I had around that when one is sick and tired, it equals failure mm-hmm. and it equals uh, punishment, because that's how I grew up. And so I couldn't hold it anymore, and I wanted help. And so on an inner knowing level, I knew my baby was fine but you you get enough tests and (laughs) you're gonna find something so I um yeah I ended up in a situation where I I made it as empowered as I possibly could on that day with everything that was happening for me um but there were certain times in both births but particularly that one when I recall um very clearly leaving my body in order uh, and my sovereignty in order to um, be liked and be pliable and be the good birthing woman. And so I think particularly with doctors but also just with any system that we're engaging with um, where we are coming in with a sense of disempowerment, there is so much opportunity to and it's the same as the fitness profession, right? Like I'm a, I'm a fitness instructor, a yoga teacher. And yet how I'm now learning to move my body is completely at odds with everything that I've learned. And so again, the choice, like do I follow my inner knowing or do I give that power to someone else? And if you think about over the history of women, womanhood, um, how particularly around our yoni and, and our, reproductive area that it's been violated it's been um wounded we've been completely removed from it i think all of this completely no judgment one way is not better than the other all of it there's an opportunity for like deep healing and empowerment and like hannah gasby talks about it too like no one would ever f with me now you know what i mean
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for sharing all of that, Meg. It feels like an
1: honor to hear you unpack that and to what that looks like. Um, and you spoke there about that inner knowing, which I think is is really the the
0: center of that self-care, that rebellion, that activism that we're talking about. And so before we wrap up, I would love just to hear from you what does that inner knowing look like to you and what helps you to support that, tune into that, um
1: to have that space, to give that space for that inner knowing and listening to it.
2: Mm. It is that is like really the crux of it. You've crystallized that really beautifully and come to the center of all of my waffling. Because it is really ah, that's just it, isn't it? Because our inner knowing doesn't defer to authority on what our bodies should be like and look like and feel like. Our inner knowing. Just knows, and it 's all the ways that we 've learned not to listen to it that cause the suffering um, so how do I tap into it i 've been on a really big journey. my inner knowing speaks to me in a clear sentient way, so i 'm feeling things a lot in my body, and i 'm learning the language of that now at thirty three and i 'm making space to listen to it like I said wherever I can and I'm pretty hardcore about my kids bedtime and about time for my practices whether it's like walking or just meditating or I'm totally okay for my daughter to watch play school so I can meditate in the morning that's like a totally fine trade-off for me Absolutely. And yeah, and so I think when you've been to the depths of burnout and you know what that feels like viscerally in your body, um, your biological barometer, it, it feels like sometimes I often say, like, I feel like my capacity is so much less. And I'm looking around at all these people and being like, I can't do that. I need a nap every day. And I need, like, and again, the comparison voice. Yet, if we all listen to our inner knowing, We would be honoring our cycles. We would be honoring the seasons. We would not be living the way we're living. We would be in deep connection with people and each other. We would be in deep stewardship of our land. We would be in deep self responsibility around our impact. And so, like, it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. I think the the most important thing is as we said, the spaciousness to do it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And coming back to that beautiful idea, I think, to close on that you gave us before,
1: that, like you said, we can get, you know, that feeling of why isn't everyone doing this and and that we come back to ourselves. What am I going to do?
0: how am I going to create that space? And, and that that really is the ultimate act of rebellion in this in the world today.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is changing culture. It is shifting things. Our girls won't experience the same things. They'll have different stuff. But, like, it is I always like to come at this stuff from a place of we're not broken. There's nothing to fix here to like get rid of 90% of the personal development work out there is nothing to fix and how we can amplify these parts of us that are healing and growing and evolving and coming home how we can amplify that and really see the impact for that of for what it is so thank you for holding space for others to do that work and to come home because it's so needed and there's just not enough of us in the world to be talking about it, I think, right now.
0: Absolutely. Ah, oh, and thank you. And, and that's a beautiful kind of segue to where can people find you and your beautiful work, Meg?
2: Thank you. So um, you can find me at megberryman.com, but I'm often on Instagram, at, um, which is at megjberryman. And, um, yeah, I my flagship program in the School for Sacred Social Leaders is starting in January and we're taking calls now for that. Um, And that's really about finding your gifts and your medicine and your strengths and seeing how you can deploy them for social change, like within your um, particular community or family or workplace. And it's really a um, self-empowerment holistic wellbeing and social change kind of experience and it is an experience. It's not a course. So yeah, we're starting in January and, um, welcoming people now.
0: Thank you. Oh, it sounds so beautiful. And just kind of expanding for weeks and weeks, these kinds of ideas, which is just amazing. So powerful and delicious. So thank you for your work Meg and for, being here um today for this salty hair self-care conversation and to everyone who has joined us until next week i hope you have a week filled with joy and with peace bye thank you so much for joining me for this salty hair self-care conversation i hope you're feeling nourished connected maybe a sense of aliveness the way that talking about ideas does and maybe wow, I didn't realise there were other people who felt like this too. If that's you, you may be interested in joining us in our Salty Hair self-care community. We are a group of women who come together each month for an online circle and an online workshop and value a shared sense of belonging and being surrounded by others who are also exploring what it means to take care of themselves. Membership is $40 a month and there's no contracts. Stay for as long as it serves you. I've popped a link below so that you can join us. If you're listening to this on iTunes, I would love you to subscribe, to rate and leave a review to help others find these conversations. Finally, I would love to connect with you over on Facebook and Instagram at Salty Hair Self Care. Until next week, keep weaving joy and peace into your day.